welcome to the Get Off Your Affirmation podcast. I'm Leona Evans, and I'm here today as always with my son and co-host, Matthew J. Evans. Hi, it's great to be here. Uh, I'm really looking forward. Today's uh, episode has a very interesting title, I think. Very provocative. Yes, it is provocative. It's called Disconnect from Trump Trauma, Take Back Your Life. It's kind of a daring topic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and it, it's um, it's kind of cool uh, because normally, you know, when we talk about Trump or those other kind of political issues, we're talking about sort of specific events or policies or things that have been said or done. But this uh, is really sort of more of a conversation about how we're really taking that all in and how we're ingesting that, digesting it, so to speak, I- um, and how that's sort of affecting our lives in different ways. It is an important discovery that we need to make. It's very important on a variety of levels, not only personally, but in terms of our future as a country. So disconnect from Trump trauma, take back your life. What is Trump trauma? Well, Trump trauma is the power that many of us give to Donald Trump, which causes us fear, anger, anguish, great personal pain, which keeps us in emotional bondage to the routine of complaining about him every single moment that we can to anybody who will listen. And it's quite enervating. I mean, it just draws the energy away from us and we become exhausted at the end of the tirade and we still don't know what to do about it. Now, what I'd like to do is talk about an experience I had a long time ago, a very powerful experience that helped me change the way I see all of this phenomenon and what we can do about it. Because this program is called Get Off Your Affirmation, and we don't want to get stuck in Trump trauma because there's a danger to it. Many years ago, I worked in an office And in that office, there was a manager who was clearly unbalanced, had serious mental problems um, that she brought to work with her because that was her nature. She said things that weren't true to get us upset. Mm. She uh, lost her temper frequently. She acted out in physical ways. For example, she used to take her arm and wave it across my desk and everything would fall to the floor. Oh my gosh. It sounds like, I mean, that literally sounds like a a, a depiction of a a school bully, you know, just like swiping all of your stuff off the desk. That's bizarre that that happened at work. Well, it did. And it happened fairly often. Mm. And many of us were miserable. And we were helpless, and we would talk about it all the time. And the behavior kept going on. And one day, she came toward my desk, and I thought, you know, she's going to sweep everything off my desk again, isn't she? Mm. And she did. Oh, no. She swept it all off my desk. Now, papers are flying, and the telephone was (laughs) banging on the floor in those days we had you know, the dialogue. The big clunky landlines. So that yeah. would have made quite a racket. You know? <laughs> it, it did. It made quite a racket. And during that time, the 
employee, my coworker sitting next to me, looked over at me, and while the boss was facing away from her, she mouthed the words to me, she's crazy. Mm. She's crazy. And I thought, when am I going to believe that? Mm. When am I going to acknowledge that this woman doesn't really have many rational thoughts in her head and she seriously needs treatment and nothing I can do or any of us can do will change that? Mm. Because, see, a part of us thought that we could. We, we didn't really accept her condition. We just thought maybe if we behaved better, if we made more sales, you know, she would somehow come back to a normal sense of self, which she displayed, you know, for maybe a few minutes every other day. Wow. But I said to myself, right at that moment, when I internalized what my coworker said, she's crazy. And I believed it. And I said, what would I do if I really believed that she was crazy? What would I do to change my life so that it wouldn't be constantly centered on her and her craziness or her men mental illness? And I don't mean to offend anyone, but this is the way I saw it then. And I said the first thing I would do was tr would be to transfer to another office mm. because I accepted the fact that she was who she was and she was damaged and she needed help and she didn't want to get it and I couldn't do anything about it but get a life, as they say. <laughs> Do you know what that feels like? Yeah. You know, just I, to be able to get a life because I wasn't living my life. I was living it around her traumas mm. and tantrums and challenges. And I thought, I'm going to transfer to another office because I don't need this and there's nothing I can do to change it. And that's when I recalled that episode many years ago, that's when I decided to say, how do we disconnect from Trump trauma and take back our life? That's so interesting to make that connection to Trump with that story, because you had to realize that, yes, she wasn't well, but also there wasn't something that you could really do about it from your position to help her, but also, that didn't mean you were helpless to the situation. Like, you could remove yourself from that office and, and you know, just not be so immersed in her energy, in her state of being at that time. But, you know, we didn't even know we were doing it. That's how wrapped up we were. Right, right. That's well, how, how you, much of a trauma it was. Yeah, well, how do you, how hard do you think it is to put down the remote, seeing Trump say this and Trump say that day in and day out? It has become, I know for me, it was, it was very, very addicting. I know there was a period of time where we had the news on hours a day just, just to see what was happening. 
So, oh my gosh, we're so we're just so hooked on the story and and not really aware that it's sort of overwhelming our lives, sort of overruling our usual functioning. Yes, but the most important thing is to be aware of the situation, to accept the situation as it is before we can actually do something about it. Now, when I transferred to a different office, my boss asked me why, and I told him why I was transferring, that the working conditions were extraordinarily difficult. They were not something that I wanted to put up with. And once I was able to, once I was strong enough, and once I had let go of this attachment to somehow fixing or making the situation different, I was able to see that the situation could correct itself if enough people were able to accept the reality of what was. And what happened was that eventually every employee in the office complained that they weren't going to put up with it anymore. And that's when she was finally let go. Mm. But everyone had to have the same awakening. Everyone had to have the same awareness. Everyone had to let go of the trauma and the involvement that we put into it in order to take a look at reality as it was and make a rational choice. Mm-hmm. It's almost like um, it's almost like a form of addictive behavior, but it's not a substance of any kind. It's it's a an emotional dynamic or a personality, but it's still like no, I can't I can't go away from it. Why why would I go away from it? I have to be there to see what's going to happen because I might be able to do something different. I might be able to make you know we make all of these things, all of these reasons for us to um, keep being attached to it or whatever the situation. In this case, we're talking about Trump, but you had it with a with a, a boss. Uh, yes. You know, and believe it or not, Plato talked about that very thing. Not mm. my boss and not <laughs> Trump trauma. But that he, would be ta- weird he talked did. about our our addiction to that which is extremely disturbing. Mm. That we say, I can't look, and then we're for- we force ourselves to not look, but to take it all in, to drink it all in, and to become part of the trauma rather than being in a position to be part of a solution. And that's what worries me so much about Trump trauma, that unless we get out of needing to say, my God, do you know what he said? And say, he's always talking like that. There's Mm -hmm. nothing new to discuss. There's nothing I need to pour my heart into, and there's nothing I need to be so frightened of that it actually paralyzes me right from doing something about it and think about this how even though you know trump is is rather unstable and sometimes you know he just sort of says things off the wall because he's just off the wall other times he does it purposely as a distraction so sometimes he says something crazy while some of his allies are doing something a little more shifty that might draw headlines but by saying something really really crazy he can grab the news cycle for a few hours and distract so you know by unplugging from that narrative not only are we not sort of feeding ourselves all of that sort of toxic negativity but we're also not falling for his ploy you know what I mean? it's because it's almost a political strategy on his part 
It might very well be, but I think the most important thing for me to know is I've heard enough to understand that this is what he's doing. I've heard enough to understand that he's an autocrat who wants to take over and eliminate many of the freedoms that we have now. And I think it's extremely important that we do something constructive to make sure that our personal freedoms are intact when we go to vote or when we support certain organizations. I think we can do that very easily without getting stuck in Trump trauma. Yeah, he, he has no real like platform aside from his, his really dangerous rhetoric. And especially as you said, you know, he's flirting with, you know, being a dictator just for one day, whatever that means. That's the most recent thing he said at the time of recording. Um, and so it's, it's quite frightening. I mean, even just looking at the damage, you know, that, that the environmental policies have done during his time in office, all of the judges that have been appointed not just to the Supreme Court, but all of the other courts. And the the really, I mean, the only word you can call him is wacky and barbaric. Um, right. There are all of these laws going around all over that are a direct result of his policies. So we need to be aware of that, but let it be a motivation, not not a paralyzing dose of fear, which it can be sometimes, but an action. Exactly. And that is our goal, is to take an action based on a rational realization that we are involved in Trump trauma. Another point we want to make certain we addressed is the power of the mind and the law of attraction. It's been so many years since psychologists and scientists have been studying the power of the mind and the effect that our thoughts have on our well-being. We are actually harming ourselves in more ways than we can understand by involving ourselves in Trump trauma. Yeah, it has to have a negative effect on every level of our being, you know, to be internalizing that much sort of toxic negative energy. It's rough. It's rough to be that stressed and that frightened and that angered, and it's got to do something to us physiologically as well as mentally and emotionally, and a lot of times we don't realize the power of the mind, and I think it's important to realize that that's at the center of all of our beliefs in unity and new thought is the power of the mind, so let's keep ourselves respecting ourselves and watch what we pay attention to, especially when we're involved in Trump trauma, and that's all we pay attention to practically. So just as when all those many years ago my coworker said, she's crazy, and I realized that there was a mental disturbance there, I was able to separate myself from the traumatizing effects of being so involved in it and step away and turn in a different direction. For example, what civil rights organizations are we supporting? What voting do we have to do that we think, you know, because so many people don't vote in the primaries, but why not? Mm -hmm. That is something we can do. We can talk to people that we've been 
involved with in Trump trauma and say, look, instead of talking about this, why don't we talk about what rally we can go to, how we can support certain organizations, where I can send um, a donation, where can I attend a meeting, whether it's virtual or live. All of these things will make a difference because we have to make a difference because he is who we think he is. And by ruminating over it day after day, it's not going to change it. It's going to make it worse for us. The only thing that will change it is voting in this upcoming election and making sure that we support all of the legal organizations that will take action against some of those insurrections. Yeah. And something I, I also was thinking about um in thinking just in terms of Trump trauma, just as a concept, you know, because it is a good term. I, I'm always a fan of alliteration, is thinking of how uh, so many of Trump's followers are also victims of Trump trauma yes. because they've been literally listening to like lies, gaslighting, you know, brainwashing. I mean, you know, you could use a bunch of different terms for it, but it's it's the reality that they live in is very very scary and it i mean is. the reality we live in is also very scary but th there's a bunch of really scary stuff that isn't even happening and that's very traumatizing not only to live in and believe in but from what i've you know read of articles of people saying they used to be in maga or they used to be you know any kind of uh, extremist ideology it's really difficult to come out of it you know there's shame there's embarrassment there's guilt you know, it can be, it can be, uh, a, there's just a lot of trauma everywhere um, yes, on both sides of it. That's true. And autocracy lives on fear. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so the more frightened the people that are devoted to him are, the better position he's in to make these outlandish statements and be believed. Mm -hmm. That is the problem. Right. You know, there are millions of people, as we said before, that are big fans and believe that he is literally God's gift mm -hmm. to the United States of America. And we have to be as centered and strong as possible to be able to realize that we do have the numbers if we have the action and if we're not apathetic. Right. right. And what are you saying to people in your age group? Oh, man. Well, you know, I know that there's a, a lot of lack of enthusiasm. It seems like it's all over the place. People are talking about low enthusiasm in terms of uh, younger progressives. Um, and, you know, I can I can certainly empathize with that. But it's sort of a situation where, you know, yes, I understand that, like, there would certainly be more exciting choices or potential. But there those aren't available right now. And this is sort of like... A life and death sort of decision, you know. Yes, it really many times, feel, literally, it literally does feel like that. I mean, you know, people are, are. I mean, how many thousands died from COVID? I mean, now there are people dying on the border with the razor wire. I mean, there, there's life and death all over the place in terms of the outcome of this election. Not, and we have to take positive action right. where we can, when we can, and we have to be centered in our inner strength to know that we can do, but we need to pay attention to it, the same attention that we've been giving to Trump in the talking and the talking mm -hmm. and the talking. 
And once we get that strength back, that acceptance, we say, yes, there is a real threat. But instead of panicking and getting so angry and and giving a good portion of my life to that, what I'm going to do is decide how I can make a positive difference talking to people is really important. Yeah, well, it can be really hard to talk to somebody about that without getting lost in the drama. And, oh, my God, I can't believe he said this and day to day, you know. I know. Do you know that there is a terminology called chaining that's used in psychology? Mm-hmm. And that is that when one person brings up a subject, it calls to mind in the other people other of the same topic. Mm-hmm. And so once you say, did you hear what Trump said yesterday, then you're going to have five or six people who are going to have five or six other incidents. And Mm -hmm. then the time is going and the energy is going and we're back to the same helpless and hopeless situation. I want everyone to get off their affirmation and just say, listen, I've been giving too much attention to this. It's been painful And now I'm going to let it go and decide to do what can I do to get other people off their affirmation and work for our civil rights, work for women's rights, work for minorities' rights, live in a democracy, live in freedom. That's what I want. Thank you so much for listening to the Get Off Your Affirmation podcast. Please connect with us on our Facebook page or our website, getoffyouraffirmation.com. This has been a really, really powerful discussion. I I really appreciate being able to uh, try to process some of this Trump trauma. It's quite uh, quite a lot, and it's it's important to, to stay informed and stay aware, but also stay active. Not, not let ourselves get so overburdened with all of that, all that drama. Have a positive, practical, and life-changing week. You deserve it.